Look, guys, it's just women are possessions. I mean, sure. No biggie. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if there's still any good. I'm Brett. Je suis Sam. <laughs> Ha ha! Je suis Ash. Me llamo Pat. Uh, Très bien. Te llamo Clipping. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Dude, where's our fucking energy today? Come on, guys. Get fucking pumped! Whoa. Do it! Talk about Clipping. Brett, pull yourself together. We're gonna watch Mulan Rogue. Oh, is this an X-Men spinoff? <laughs> oh, <when laughs> I was thinking Star Wars, but okay. <laughs> yeah, when Rogue One came out, I kept being like, Rogue Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> a very different movie. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited. This is watching. your pick. It yeah. is my pick. I am very excited. I am sad that I didn't have the time to do all the research. So thank you, Sam. For taking over for me and You're doing welcome. that, don't don't get your expectations too high. I did get oh, okay. home from my terrible day at school about thirty five forty minutes ago. So Sam lost oh, control no. of the children. I did. Oh, Damn. Wow. I it so it's so easy to do when you don't know their names. <laughs> they're mm. they're like demons, you know, and like. Fantasy, like the way you gain like Rumble Stillskin. Yeah, like you don't know his yeah. name. He yeah, has power over you. Yes, it's it's, it's true class. of children, and oh, even no. then, when you like you know their name, they still know that you don't have power over them. It's terrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 They just like labyrinth it. You have no power over me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you should come dressed as the Goblin King. Hmm, mm. that could only go poorly. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying that right now. It's good. Yeah. It can only go poorly. Um, okay, so we're not we're not dealing with demon children. Uh, we're watching Moulin Rouge, the 2001 classic, starring 2001, wow, 2001 starring Nicole Kidman, Ewan Mag- Ewan Ewan. Ew. How, how do you say his name? <laughs> Ewan. You, not, I like, I like not, Ewan. Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Ewan. You know he got that growing up. I'm just yeah. gonna. I'm just gonna like stick with that. Ewan McGregor. Uh, John Leguizamo. No shit. He's in this. Yeah. Um, super awesome. But Kylie Minogue. What? I missed That's a lot of white people for Mulan. Um. <laughs> Yeah, different, different Mulan. <laughs> this is before Disney did it right. Yeah, different Mulan. Okay, Patrick's dying over there. <laughs> so to put this movie in perspective, 2001 was a big year for movies. It, yeah, you you chuckle all you want over there, Patrick. But you wait, I'm gonna list off some big names, and you're oh, gonna yeah. be shocked. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was released in this Ooh. year. Shrek. Oh. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Oh. Monsters Inc. Donnie Darko. Yeah. Oh, I shit. know. Spirited Away. Royal Tenenbaums. Ooh. 
Amelie, Zoolander, Legally Blonde, Holy Knight's shit. Tale. Yeah. 2001 was a good year. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. Knight's Tale because I was going to say uh, something this movie and Knight's Tale has in common is they both used modern music. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the Knight's Tale episode, I talk about how like at the time when the Knight's Tale movie came out, it was the first time they'd done that and it wasn't received well. And nowadays you see it all the time. So it's like so. really interesting that Moulin Rouge did it too. Yeah. My, my question here year. is A Knight's Tale, obviously like medieval period kind of movie. Um, I've seen this movie and I don't remember <laughs> when it's supposed to be. Uh, like turn of the century, like yeah. 19, but somewhere between 1900s well, and 1920. Yes. Is there, there are children of today that would consider that only a few, when this movie came out, basically. Yeah, but nobody says the turn of the century and is talking about. I don't know. The year Maybe the kids are doing that. That's true. The kids today recall <laughs> That's it the true. Willenium. We're very disconnected. Yes. You know what, Patrick? You're the closest. You might know. It was like a gap. I don't know what the teens. I don't know what the teens are up to. No clue. I have zero. Not yet. You have a couple te- more years before Dear that. Dear God, help me. <laughs> uh, I've actually never seen this movie. I'm super aware of it. Um, Obviously, because it was very zeitgeisty mm. at the time, but uh, I've actually never sat down and watched it. Yeah, I, ha- oh, I wow. have a confession. I haven't either, guys. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I know. I just, um, yeah. I just, I just know it was definitely one of the dozen movies that every girl I hung out with in, oh, yeah. in college had in their collection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This in yeah. the Notebook, all of them. Oh, yeah. I was in middle school when this came out, and every middle school girl I knew of was obsessed with this movie. For yeah. sure. I don't know what Except happened. For Sam. <laughs> Except I for th- Sam. I think I was on Team Lord of the Rings. Me oh, too, well, Sam. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a good team to be on, but I, I, uh-huh. I have to fill in this gap now at the age of 30. So... <laughs> well, don't worry. The annoying song, I think, only happens in the credits. But so. is Christina Aguilera in the actual movie singing it, or did she just no. do? Ah, disappointing. No. Oh, I thought that would be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Wait, so, she's, is she in this or not? No, but no. she sang the like theme. Well, yeah. Song. Oh, she's actually in the movie. No, that's what I no. just asked. She's, she's not. not in the movie. See, Pat they- was excited too, Ash. I'm sorry. Well, oh. I know. Maybe she it's better be that it. you know now. Didn't she do a movie? Because is, a, is like did. burlesque a thing? No, you're this? you're confused because they came out with a companion music video of yeah. the song in the style of this movie okay. and yep. wearing the same but, outfits from the movie. Okay. Yes. Was Christina Aguilera not in a movie about burlesque shows? Mm. Uh, cr- uh, are you thinking of Liza Minnelli? You're, you're going to have to get on yep, that you know. IMDb. You know, that Christina Aguilera yeah, and Liza yeah, yeah, Minnelli, yeah. easily confused. They look so similar. Yeah, totally. Um, no, what? Okay, so that music video, was it not Christina Aguilera and Beyonce? Am I misremembering that? No. There were multiple people in it for sure. Pink, uh, I want to say. Pink and Little Kim raps a verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think maybe even one more person. I can't remember. Yeah, who is that person that I'm missing? Anyway, 
while Pat's looking it up, I will continue with my mm-hmm. super in-depth research. Um, our director <laughs> here is Baz Luhrmann, who, oh, yeah. yeah, he's very well known for these types of movies like Romeo and Juliet, which I also have not seen, but I believe what? it. I know. You're breaking my heart. I'm sorry. I'm surprised you're into this. This seems oh, way I'm a huge Baz Luhrmann fan. Yeah, I love Baz Luhrmann. Everything he does is just like so. He kind of reminds me of like the musical version of Terry Gilliam, where like everything he does is so extravagant and over the top. It's just so great. Hmm. And. I think that he has kind of a, a style, like you mentioned. So he did The Great mm-hmm. Gatsby, which also a similar thing where he had like modern day songs over this very period piece. Um, mm-hmm. Australia kind of seems to be the outlier here. That was a very serious movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw and that And his one. first mm-hmm. film, Ballroom Dancing, I don't think is as extravagant. Strictly Ballroom. Either. Oh, Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. All right, excuse me. By the way, the fourth no. person is Maya, whoever the fuck that is. I don't remember anymore. Oh, I remember Oh, Maya, Maya. she's a singer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did, yeah. She was a big-time R&B singer, like, in the ni- like, late yep. 90s. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I don't know her. <laughs> um. Oh, and there is a movie that came out in 2010 called Burlesque that stars Christina Aguilera. Oh! There you go. Yeah. All right, Pat. cuts on the Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Mm. I'm impressed uh, with We didn't that know role. you were such a fan. I'm oh, sorry yeah. to disappoint you. I record mm-hmm. all the episodes of The Voice. Pat's got like a Google <laughs> alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. We know Nicole Kidman, according to IMDb, from Moulin Rouge and Ours, Gold Ma- Cold Mountain, and The Others. <laughs> Gold oh, Mountain. The Others. The Others. The others. I remember her from The Others. Oh. but the- Can we do The Others for Halloween this year? Yes. Sure. I love I that movie. But I like- think I just rewatched that recently with Bryce like for Halloween a year or so ago, and it was still really great. So, yeah. That's a weird known for for Nicole Kidman. Isn't it? it? Is. Like I remember her from The Golden Compass and I think Batman oh, shit, Forever. That's right. Yeah. She was in Batman Forever? Yeah, the Val Kilmer one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff, but it's like mm-hmm. known for this. Yeah. So, I'm kind of surprised. I know she's in the um HBO series Big oh. Little Lies. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's um, really good. The book it. is better. Oh, okay. Sam's going to go there with, um, with that. book is better. She was. <laughs> it's true. I feel like there's a level of famous with IMDb where it doesn't make sense to pick four things out. Because everyone, no. mm. where it's just, it should just be, come on, you know who they are. Yeah, exactly. True, it's but true. like Moulin Rouge really was like a huge breakout yeah. role for her at the time. So I think it's legit. Yeah. It was also, uh, I think it's one of the first, if not the first time she sang in a movie that is her singing. And she had to take like singing lessons and stuff, which is like when you watch the movie, you're like, damn, I can't believe you had that in you the whole time. It sounds like Ash didn't even need to fucking do that. I know. I really didn't. (laughs) I fucking love this movie, guys. Is she the main? Is she the protag? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. My cool fact sure. was that she wore a wig during the movie, but okay. I'm just gonna let Ash I'm just gonna let Ash take this one. She could do the singing, but not the hair. Not yeah. The hair. The hair is too yeah. much. Too much. Yeah. Um, good old Ewan. 
He's uh <laughs> he was in train spotting, which I had mm-hmm. no idea. Just, I've been trying to get you guys to watch Train Spotting. He's the main guy. So I, I know, but I hear they murder a baby in it, so I'm really no, not too crazy about it. No, I mean, they don't. It's not like they intentionally murder a baby. It's not, it's not that they, like, purposely murder the baby. It's just they they happen to murder the baby. Which, which Have you baby? Seen was Requiem it Baby Hitler? For a dream? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, it's like British Requiem for a dream. Yeah, I would say Requiem for a I'm dream not. is more intense, though. Okay, well then, I was going to say if you'd survive that movie, you could survive so, Train So, I mean, that's the only thing anyone knows you and McGregor for is, right? Spotting in this, nothing else. Oh, hello. How unprofessional, Brett. Yeah, Brett. I don't how even dare know you? How to Everyone stop listener, this. Brett's cell phone just went out. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? I love yeah. that Patrick is over there swirling wine in a wine glass looking all fancy <laughs> for oh, the podcast. I totally have wine and I really want some. Okay, so. You, how do you say his name? Ewan. Ewan. Like a sheep. The E Ewan. is silent, I think. Ewan? Ewan. Ewan. Okay. Ewan. 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 Was also so in terrible. Emma, which had, um, oh, yeah. which I think was Gwyneth Paltrow's Are you messing with me, Sam? What? No, he was. All these things you're listening he's in and not listening, like, the real big glaring one. I'm I'm getting there. Star Wars. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> I was trying to start from the beginning. <laughs> I thought um, you were messing with me. No, I was getting. It's there. called foreplay, Patrick. Podcast. Ew. Foreplay. Nope. Thank you. Please take that back. Rescind that joke. Um. Yeah. So he was in Star Wars: The Phantom Menace as young Obi Wan Kenobi, which is where I think we all knew him. I think it's fair to call him Ewan there, just not as any fault of his own, but just for pure ickiness of the prequels. What? I think He's like he, the best part about yeah, that movie. I think he yeah, did, I think he did a stellar job as a as Obi Wan Kenobi. He was just, great. It was just the mess around him. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it was. It was a yeah horrid mess. Around he was him. the best part. Like he's the only reason why you watch that movie. Uh, pod racing. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, you guys are just making my point here. Uh, it's the powerhouse of the cell. So, The Phantom Menace was in 1999, and then this was 2001, and then 2002, he was in Attack of the Clones. So, oh. a lot of stuff happened for him in a really short amount of time. And then he was in Big Fish in 2003, so just a year after mm. Star Wars. We should and do that movie too. I, that, is one that I've had on the list for a long time. It is very near and dear to my heart. I would love to do it. So I feel like we're talking a lot of like franchise movies. You know, we got the Star Wars, we got the Batman's. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this movie? This movie is, uh, like, is this is this adapted from something famous, or was this just like a out of the blue? Let's make a so like a singy dancy burlesque have, thing. I have a great question about this because the mm-hmm. composer is somebody named Jacques Offenbach. Who, <laughs> That's an awesome mm-hmm. name. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he is great. somebody that died in 1880. Oh, so okay. I don't understand. They must use one classical piece. He, of music. They must. Yeah. So because, like I said, there's a lot of modern music that they've redone in the style of the time period. Um, so you'll like you'll recognize there's shit like Nirvana in there. Like it's 
It's a lot of modern stuff it's, that they re-recorded. This is oh my god! So it's like a uh, uh, is this like Westworld? Yes, this is like Westworld before Westworld. Ooh, actually, in a lot of ways, <laughs> like so, like, like visually, right? <laughs> yeah. Robots? Well, and no, like you know, Western. they're like basically <laughs> sex workers, which you could kind of argue the Westworld robots are too sometimes. <laughs> I don't think you can kind of argue. I think that's literally ninety percent of their function to Westworld is their fuck bots. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Should have called it fuck world. Um, But Brett, this is not. (laughs) (laughs) This is not in like Western. This takes place in Paris. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's suddenly disappointed. So it's like it's just like Westworld. The Wild West is way cooler than Paris. You know, I didn't pick Uh, it. So dirty. I don't know about that. There's man, a lot you of watched really Deadwood. That and shit was wine. dirty as hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, actually, Moulin Rouge is a real place in mm-hmm. in Paris that you can visit. It so is. I, I, that's a good question, Sam. I'm not sure if this was inspired by a book or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, for not his to my knowledge, for historicalness, the Moulin Rouge was a real bar and theater that a lot of artists hung out at. So like Degas went there. It's still there. You can still go yeah, to it. Yeah, with the windmill and everything. It is mm-hmm. still standing. I just looked it up. Moulin Rouge means red mill. Yes. <laughs> yep. So ah. Uh, Ooh, I have a. Uh, I have fixed good detective skills. That's like yeah. <laughs> I was curious. That's like the place that we live near that makes the flower. Bob's mm-hmm. something. Bob Smith's Red Mill. Yeah, we live next to the Moulin Rouge guys. <laughs> Bob's <laughs> the Merco version. <laughs> they really cleaned up their act. Yep. Okay, so the uh, the real composer I I found the real information is Craig Armstrong, and he also did Great Gatsby for the same director. He did the movie Snowden. And Far From oh. the Maddening Crowd, which also looks like another period piece. So it seems like he works a lot with this director. By the way, Wikipedia says the year of this movie that it takes place is exactly 1900. So okay. You were so close, Sam. That's what I, I mean, said. Turn the of the century. Turn. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, it's exactly. <laughs> it's exactly that. Did you That's happen funny. to look up when... When Chicago came out? 2002. Okay, see, yeah. this came out first. It, I was going to say that mm-hmm. th- this might have been, like, the uh, the deep impact to Chicago's Armageddon. Yeah. Mm. I, I was no a good, other way around. It was a good theory, but no, t- Chicago came out a year later, which means they were probably both in production at the same time. But mm. it is interesting, because Chicago is based on the play and actually follows the play fairly closely. So... It's, I wonder if that's what made me think that Moulin Rouge was also based on a play. But. Well, I just looked up on Wikipedia. It looks like I don't believe that the movie is based on a play or anything. But um, in 2008, there was a stage adaptation oh. where they did turn in the movie into a play. So that's probably where you're getting confused. Yeah. I've seen so a stage adaptation other way around. of this. Really? At the Co- at the Coco Bonigo Club in downtown Cancun, Mexico. Hell yeah! No, they wait did. for real. What? <laughs> yeah, that that club is something. That's another world. But they basically <laughs> uh, do this like they oh, do this like I see. 
They do this like I three hours. My wife was with me. They do this like three hour <laughs> dancing. This like that place is that's the whole thing I could talk about. It's a place that is crazy and insane. And now that I have children, I'd never go to because it's so crowded and overcrowded and there's like one exit. So if there's like a fire or something. Listen, uh, you gotta like expose them early. You it, gotta get it's them insane. They basically do like a three, four hour show of acrobatics and burlesque and singing and dance. Well, there's no singing. It's all lip syncing, but it's like Mm. coordinated dancing. And there's like a Moulin Rouge segment, a Pirates of the Caribbean segment, Spider-Man segment. Wait, (laughs) what? Spider-Man? Those are three very different No, they literally just transition and they have like acrobats and dancers in costumes from these movies like doing dance coordinated dances and lip syncing to the music and songs from these movies. That is that amazing. That sounds rad. And while all this is happening, you're just pouring shots down your yeah. Gullet. That's exactly what I was expecting you to say, and that's the only yeah. acceptable way to make it it's through just, a four hour it's, performance. It's utter. It's utter. It's like 400 four people hours. crammed into way too small a room mm-hmm. for like three or four hours, drinking way too much, and just. It's madness and chaos. Yep. It sounds like a fancier version of like uh, medieval times. I was just going to say, I you were giving me <laughs> the deep, deep desire to go drink a lot of pints of beer with you at either the Pirate Adventure or Medieval Times. I really liked the Pirate Adventure. Would, what's the Pirate Adventure? Uh, oh, that. It's like a Medieval Times, but it's a, a <gasps> pirate ship. But a pirate it, Medieval Times? Uh-huh. It, yeah. The ship is on... In water inside of a building. Ooh. Like, it's like the Waterworld thing at Universal, yeah. but, like, a I whole show. It. Yeah. That's too bad that you wanted to see that, because, you know, Katie was in that show. We did. Yeah, we, we saw, saw it, like, it. The, oh. no, we saw it, like, the oh, week okay. after she quit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were... Not... Is your My wife wife's name is Katie. Katie. So Not like, that Katie. So I was like, what? <laughs> Our friend and actress. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you want to do a group trip to Disneyland... With a pirate, it's in. It's right next. It's in to, Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, righteous. Yes, we'll do that. Yep, I'll 100%. I'll be there. That'd be super fun. Um, I have no more cool facts other than John Leguizamo, which I feel like I don't really need to. I like John Leguizamo well, actually. Yeah, he is amazing. Like yeah. we already know how cool he is. He was also in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever watched yeah. any of his one man like specials, one man no. show things? I don't think I have. They're pretty maybe good. I, maybe I haven't I seen one. He did a recent one I didn't see, but he had one from back around the time this came out that was really good. It's about like him growing up like poor in New York. Huh. Very good. And I he's obviously like I did great. See one now that you Romeo say all that. Yeah, he's fantastic as um Oh, Tybalt? the name. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. So good. <laughs> Tybalt, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, queen. <laughs> that movie's so good. It's kind of appropriate too for the. Anyway, um, well, so Sam, you've never seen this movie, correct? Patrick, it sounds like you've already seen the live action version <laughs> of this. I've film. never, I've never seen it, but here I'm going to give you my impression. My impression is this movie is what would happen if. Rosé, the wine, was a movie. (laughs) Oh, I don't think that's fair. I think this is more... It's more of a Pinot. No, it's not. It's a Riesling. (laughs) This movie is a Riesling. A little more sophisticated. Yeah, Riesling? No. It sounds fancy, but it's just juice. Exactly, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Or Moscato. 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 Thank you. That was the other. Dude, yeah. Moscato is disgusting. It's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Shots it goes, fired at fucking lines, like I guess. Moscato. Well, ice nope. wine. Ice wine is literally like yeah. alcohol sugar syrup. And then yep. like Moscato, Riesling. Yeah. Maybe Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio. I think Pinot Chardonnay. Grigio goes above Sauvignon Blanc. You think so? I, I don't think know. So. I might fight you on that. We have a lot of both in our house. I know. I love them dearly. I'm a Grigio fan. Within a podcast, wine mm-hmm. chat. So, Brett, have you seen this movie? I've seen this movie several times. Man, I've got it. I've I have a list of pre thoughts about this one. Uh oh. First of all, uh, I don't remember it, and I've seen it a lot. <laughs> wow. I know they do this. They do a little song and dance. Uh, and I remember it being like fun to watch. Spoilers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, like no shit. I don't remember anything about this movie. Um, wow. I do know a spoiler about this movie. They they be sleeping with people, maybe. They have sex. Oh. Oh. Are they married? Probably not. Probably <gasps> not. <laughs> but yeah, so number one, this is I feel like this is memorably unmemorable in a Brett kind of way. So I don't know what to expect because I don't know what any of that shit you just said means. That's cause some cause just because I don't remember it doesn't mean it's like not exciting i just something about it just doesn't stick in my brain it's definitely a chick flick you know like i def i can understand if it's not your thing uh because i've definitely seen it i've definitely watched it with you really Uh, yeah we've seen this movie well i know i've seen the movie yeah uh so number one about the movie don't know what to expect um, oh. I, do they speak French in this movie? No. No? Okay. No. Except Just for in the Fouli-Vukushay avec moi song. Which is funny because I which feel like... it's not even in the movie. This, it's not in the movie. That song... No, that's what I was what? saying. It's in the credits. It's not even in the movie. <laughs> that's a What are we even thing. doing here then? <laughs> we'll just skip to the end. I'm no, just gonna watch, the other songs I'm just so going to watch that better. music video for 90 minutes. It's just watch on me, repeat. Watch me be wrong. This will be interesting if I'm wrong. <laughs> if it's wrong, you have to sing the whole thing live streamed to our audiences. I don't think we can afford that. <laughs> no, you can't afford me that long. But I, f- I feel like that song is like a third to half of the lyrics are neither English nor French. They're just gibberish. Right? Oof. No. Do you really uh, do you want to go with that statement? <laughs> I... I mean, that is how I introduced the song. Yeah. Giggity, giggity. It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, uh, that's not what these say. The way that it's I... Quagmire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is this is my insulting the French people comment, oh, but no. I, that's, you can, oh, you can no. fake French by mm. just talking baby talk. And I feel like... No. Oh, he's Rosie stop. O'Donnell. Stop. 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 Yeah, you be nice to French people. I'm sorry. Are the French about people particularly the day. fucking... Uh, uh, if you're listening and you're French, I love you. <laughs> You, yeah, people. We are not. We are very cruel to France in this country. They have been our like day one allies. Yeah, since the they've Sarah's nation was founded. It's if they, true. They make great food. I love it's croissants. So good. If they can't we. take a good natured ribbing, then they deserve the the ridicule. Mm, they can be as stuffy and uptight I'm as they want. Just sure keep making me them croissants. But, but you just called their language gibberish. Baby talk, which is, is oh, maybe not like. Oh, a that's better. I think. Ribbing. I think this song contains gibberish that sounds like baby talk. 
<laughs> okay, sure, but you reduced their whole language to baby talk, yeah. so you might want to yeah. back the fuck up fair, and take that back. And to be fair to French, gitchy gitchy ya ya tata does not sound French. It is true. That- <laughs> Thank you for knowing the actual lyrics, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. See, that's exactly what I was I talking about. I never seen about, this movie, though. but I watched a okay. lot of MTV back in the day. Yeah, it was all, all I can all remember the time. was the French part, and I was like, "Damn, Brett, this no, is not." No, I'm good. talking about the thing Patrick just quoted that just sounds <laughs> okay, like gibberish. Okay. All right, you win. That is accurate. But that is literal gibberish and not French at all. Literally the point I was making. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because you if should listen were, to it. And the I was going to say, was that the person who wrote this song obviously shares my opinions about French because their gibberish words are just oh, no. baby talk. No, no, no. Uh, Stop it. Please. Stop it. Please You're stop. done. <laughs> done. Oh. <laughs> Patrick, oh, all what out. do you expect? Because Brett's done. No. You had your chance. You guys have been just talking. That was okay. going to be 10 seconds of talking, and it was going to be over with. You guys turned it into all a right. thing. Brett has something <laughs> deep to say. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, I, the thing I'm wondering, because I haven't seen this movie in a few years and uh, don't remember fucking anything about it, is um, this movie came out before... Being woke was a thing. Uh huh. True. And, a lot of movies. But, but like, that. but I feel like it's positioned as like a, in my memory, as like a woman empowerment film. And I wonder, eh. there's like a, there's like a thing that today where that's a, that's a thing, you know, woman empowerment film, and uh, and it's totally different than what that used to mean. And I'm gonna wonder if. If well, one, if it's in this movie, and two, if it holds up to that notion that we have today, that's like in in expected in every movie, you know. This is like mm-hmm. pre pre woke cinema, and I think feel like now we're in like post post woke cinema. I don't know. I would say this movie's the opposite of woman empowerment, actually. Oh yeah, and it's more about like the struggle of the woman who isn't empowered. But it'll be interesting to see what you think after the film. Yeah, I, I that's what I think I'm looking forward to about this movie is there might actually be some real interesting social stuff to talk about. Yeah, I I am I love this movie, but I am a little unsure if there's gonna be some wild card shit thrown in there that is gonna be like, oh, there's the thing from two thousand and one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think that's that is very possible. It's almost a guarantee at this point, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at least two thousand one isn't as bad as like. I feel like some of the ninety one really, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but I feel like I feel like the story will hold up. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm not gonna one hundred percent it, but I'll like eighty percent it. I think the story holds up. I remember just. Absolutely being obsessed with this movie when I was in middle school and like I had the soundtrack and I knew all the words to all the songs and watched it over and over. Clearly made Brett watch it over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh but you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman just have like such amazing chemistry on screen and John Legamzamo is amazing in it too. So I hope it's gonna be a really fun time. But I am I am slightly worried that there's going to be that one thing that I don't remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What about you, Sam? Um, I don't know. I never saw it. I did. I think my sister watched this movie like when I was much older. So when she was around middle school age and I remember like seeing bits and pieces of it, but it never really held my interest. So I don't really know. I saw The Greatest Showman in the past year and I feel like Mm. they're kind of similar and I did not enjoy that. So I'm a little concerned. I'm hoping this is better. (laughs) The Greatest Showman was real bad. Well, to be I, fair, I, I don't imagine this movie is taking a historical person who is kind of shitty and, <laughs> and trying and to try make and, them seem like yeah. a hero. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see The Greatest Showman, but the trailer definitely gave me the vibes of this movie as yeah. far as like visually. Um, I think you'll really appreciate the like set designs and yeah. just the production design because you always seem to appreciate that in film, so. There's a lot here that's pretty cool, but I'm I am worried that there's going to be stuff that looks dated. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a I don't know. I feel like it's a given, but we'll. I do remember that much yeah. about this. Is it was like visually dense? Yeah, I remember it being mm-hmm. very like dark and moody with a lot of like red glow in mm-hmm. terms of yeah, film. That's a good way to put it. So. Mm-hmm. But that's about I feel all. like the whole movie pretty much takes place at night, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But Interesting. Okay, cool. Patrick? Oh, oh um. He already said his, right? Yeah, Rosé, the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, I think, I, I bet there'd be some, I Not think there's going to be, be good visuals. Not to be confused with Roseanne, the movie. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting lighthearted musical fluff with a romance and maybe some cool visuals in there. Mm-hmm. Pr- you pretty much nailed it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is to all it. Right. You don't even need to see the movie now. Just yep. I'm a professional. He's already seen the live action version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this going to be another one of those, like, you're at the burlesque stripper house? Why would you be doing that for a living when you could be my stay-at-home wife? What? Oh. No. <laughs> maybe. I'm not sure. It's, I thought you I were thought Brett was Patrick. giving us a reading from his one man show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna pause it uh, and go watch Mulan Rouge. Mulan, Mulan, is it Mulan? Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. it's Mulan. Mulan. Okay, Disney's I mean, Mulan Rouge. <laughs> get you, get you, yeah, yeah, ta ta, listener. Goo goo gaga, baby talk. Itchy, gitchy, ya, 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 ya. Mocha, choka, latte, ya. Isn't that the words, though? Are you ordering? You're, you, are, <laughs> <laughs> you are the Moulin Rouge expert here, so we're going to oh, have to true. defer to your better Double judgment. Double mocha venti latte. <laughs> Double mocha venti latte. All right, well, I feel like now Real we have Starbucks to... I mean, I feel like we have to film a... A parody yeah. video of that song of Ash just singing <laughs> very well, in, in like a coffee cup. shop, <laughs> yeah, like a barista version of that song. I love no. it. This, this is good. I will yep. do this thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I was so wrong. 
This is in the movie. This song is so prominently so featured in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. And also so not in the credits. Oh boy. Yeah. I yeah. Whoops. That was hilarious. You know well, you do. It might have been in the credits. I did That's not true. watch we did not. the oh, was, end yeah. of the credit scene. We we tapped out. I didn't either. Okay. You guys didn't stay for the post credit scene? No. When Samuel L. Jackson shows up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out it's been a Marvel movie the whole time. <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. So, Ash, so, what'd, you, what'd you think as the... Uh, uh, the bringer of the, the rememberer? <laughs> I still thought it was pretty fun. Uh, I think those problematic moments that I'm sure you're going to speak about definitely did happen. Oh, there were a few. <laughs> yeah, there were a few. Um, but uh, I still really love the music and just the visuals in this song are just so fun. Um, that it's just like, like, I wanted to ask everybody, like, what your favorite musical, uh, song moment was. Cause for me, it's always spectacular, spectacular. It's mm. just like my favorite number. It's so great. Just like the funny things like they do in that where they're just like, they're just like literally jumping up and down as a yeah, dance Yeah, they're group. like all freaking it's out. It's so great. I, that I, and the, uh, like a virgin is hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, this is, like, hard to watch, but they know it's hard to watch. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I I liked the tango. It reminded oh. me the most of Strictly Ballroom. But oh, I the really, Roxanne one or a different yeah, one? Yeah, Roxanne. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked how they got the emotion across in the choreography. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a traditionalist, and that was definitely the most traditional scene. Yeah. Me and, me and Sam That's were definitely true. in agreement on that one. I think we both said during that scene, I was like, oh, this is like the best, the best uh, song. Yeah, that one was really good. How about you, Pat? Um, I like, so spectacular. That's the one where they're like on the fly making up. The, yeah. Spectacular, the spectacular. Yeah. There's no words in the vernacular. Two yeah. And then they're saying it's going to, it's going to run. <laughs> they're like pitching it. They're like, it's the sales pitch yeah, song. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one was a good. That one was enjoyable. I thought the introduction of Moulin Rouge whole bit was mm, where I they mean, have like a bunch very, of different songs. Yeah, very mm-hmm. intense, very crazy, very frenetic, but also kind of like you know that was very that was a spectacle, and I and I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roxanne one, I was just uncomfortable <laughs> the whole time. Why? <laughs> I kind of like though, but that guy, the Argent, the I think on IMDb he's li- he's literally listed as the unconscious Argentinian. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like that's kind of racist. Don't give the guy a name. Everyone else has a name. Um, but I love that he just has narcolepsy for like no reason. Yeah, you know. Well, because plot. <laughs> yeah, because plot. Yeah. Um, but his voice, his thing was very interesting. Mm-hmm. The way he like just mm. so in. Tense and gritty. Yeah, yeah, that was strange to me. But not it wasn't whisper gritty. Like you and Hughes are gritty. It was. It was like I just ate a fistful of rocks. Growl gritty. gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was kind of thinking, uh, watching that as particular character, I was like, is he the only one doing a French accent and like a very like weird stereotypical French accent? Because he was like. Yeah, it seemed, well, or is it supposed to be Argentinian? I think it's supposed to be Argentinian. But like French Argentinian. I, I don't well, think it it's was. Well, it's that, 
He it's definitely pulled thing. a ha 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 at one point, and I was like, oh boy. It's, a, it's that old thing where old timey Europe is just British accent counts for all of Europe. Old yeah. timey Europe. Yeah. It's right. Same thing when you see like Roman, ancient Rome movies, all have British accents. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're all this in agreement on. Is Sparta. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of, um, you said Lord of the Rings came out that year. Um, yeah. The actor who plays. Faramir, he's not in the first one. He's in the next two. He's in the next two. Is um, was Audrey, the playwright who storms out at the beginning? Oh, really? Uh, oh, with David so Wilhelm or something is the guy's name. Huh. Oh. He's in. Uh, he he he's Boromir's younger brother. In, he wouldn't uh, be the inventor really? of the Wilhelm scream, would? He? Yeah, that hey, I thought he looked really. <laughs> I thought the person looked really familiar, but that person looks really familiar. Now they were heavily makeup, right, and they had the wig on and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I said, "Oh my god, it's that guy, action That's star." Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I liked how they, for such a like a movie in two thousand and one, was really like respecting like a trans person and their pronouns with Audrey. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Because it was like, you know, clearly a guy, but anytime anybody referred to him, it was, they would say her or she. Audrey didn't like that. She didn't like that. Oh, that one flew under the radar. Yeah. No, I caught that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. For for a movie in 2001, that was surprisingly so, woke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that, uh, is it okay that John Leguizamo played a... No. A short no. person? No, not at all. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Not even a little and bit. And what was the no. point of that? And and he had, like, he wasn't just a little, a little person. He was a little person with every speech impediment known to man. Uh, <laughs> except when he had something important to say. And then he had no speech impediment. Mm-hmm. 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 That one yeah. scene, he's like, I might look like I'm a drunk all the time, but right now I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go through the movie. Um, what was his motivation for swapping in Ewan McGregor and the Duke and I trying to get? Think I think, uh, I think his character Toulouse is like a frequent at the Moulin Rouge and <laughs> like knows Toulouse. Toulouse. I like that better. Isn't that his name? I think it's like Toulouse, to- like Toulouse Lautrec, like the oh, painter. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but uh, Toulouse, <laughs> it's a good one. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I think he like, you know, knows what's going on. So I think he was aware that she had a meeting with the Duke, and so in his eyes, he she was the investor. So she was looking for the Duke to invest. But he was looking for her to invest. And so mm-hmm. he knew that she was having this meeting with the Duke. And so he planned the switcheroo so that hopefully Christian could like pitch the show and that she'd like it and that they would do it. Because he he wasn't part of the Moulin Rouge. He was just like uh, somebody who was dreaming of doing a play. And this is like the local theater that he's like, hopefully they'll oh, do my play. So you're saying he wanted to get, okay. So he's got this... Dreamboat, who's going to try and put in the with her. Yeah, so after Satine got picked up by the Duke and she got funding for a play, he was hoping that she would pick their play, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, flaw in his plan. 
Um, <laughs> other than the, the whole one. circumstance of events that would, you know, he'd have to, everything would have to be timed perfectly for her to assume Ewan McGregor, Christian is the Duke. Um, mm-hmm. Christian doesn't know he's part of this plan. So how would he know to pitch it? They told him to pitch it. They said, really? I've, he said, yeah, he said, oh, he'd show him to do your poetry you or something. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it on it, it, the scene played like everything that happened was a complete accident, uh, but mm-hmm. I. But it now, wasn't. Now he I'm says, "I've arranged a meeting for you." Yeah, yeah. I don't but think it was didn't. an accident. I think he <laughs> knew what he was doing the whole time, and it was supposed to look yeah. like an accident to the Duke and everyone else, but uh. it wasn't because he knew what was happening. That's why he spilled water on the Duke. Yeah, to like distract the Duke and. You know, recontextualizing the scene for me. I don't know. I got it. I didn't need recontextualization. <laughs> I mean, that scene was very long ago. Sorry, that's that's my first little <laughs> nitpick. It, it, this was it was too long though. It, for for what it was, it, I think they could have cut twenty minutes out. At the Aww. end, at the end, I turned to Brett. I was like, "We ran out of plot like an hour ago," and Brett's like. We ran out of plot ninety minutes ago. <laughs> oh. They they were they were singing uh, the the show must go on, and I was like, "Does it have to?" Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys are breaking my heart. No, it's, I'm sorry. Here's I'll say it was it was very. I what, what I really appreciated was it, I thought it was visually very striking and very pleasant mm-hmm. to look at, and I always appreciate when something is willing to get weird. And it was willing to get weird with it, with all these mm-hmm. crazy weird song mashups that are out of place. And you can definitely tell it was, it's the same person who made that the Leo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Very similar in style. And I enjoy that as well. Um, yeah, his visual style is just like totally striking and unique and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It, 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 I like what? it when directors yeah. have a clear visual style you know just like with Guillermo you know mm-hmm. it's like oh I know that's him or Tarantino you know you're like oh I know that's their film and I really like that when yeah the, it's when easy, easily that identifiable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the costuming was amazing yeah I loved all so of the costumes so like it was cool because they didn't like make it of one era so it didn't feel like mm-hmm. a period piece, but it still felt in the past, but very like generically in the past, which was really cool. So it kind of helped the songs fit. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised when I saw on Wikipedia that there's like, no, it is this exactly this date. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Huh. Well, he does. He does say it. He yeah, said he moved he to Paris one year ago in 1889. So mm-hmm. that would mean that it opens 1899. up. 1899, yes. <laughs> Sorry, numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like it ran out of plot. I feel like it, it followed the formula for romantic m- drama pretty to the T. It's, it's um, the part, something happens between the scene where the mean uh, burlesque lady tells the Duke that the play is actually about him being a cuck and uh and something something be- happens between that scene and then the last scene 
and I and I'm, it's already gone from my mind. <laughs> but I it's think like it was an hour. <laughs> it just felt so. It was set up pretty early. What was gonna ha- What was going on? Of uh, he's new in town. He falls in the lap of this troop of performers and artistic people who are trying to you know break into show business. They use circumstances. I think they fell into his lap. Yeah, that's fair. Ah, 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 ah. That's fair. Um, they. Uh, side note: I really like the unconscious Argentinian actually as a character because he just seemed he's very intense but also chill at the same time. Like he wakes up from his narcolepsy coma to see he's been replaced in the thing they've been working on. He's just chill with it. Yeah, he's like that guy's really good. Okay, okay, I'll help out in other ways. So, props to him for not being. Too full of himself. I guess it's um, like coming to terms with your illness, right? Like you got to be ready to just yeah. be replaced. <laughs> uh, so they pretty quickly go, all right, This is they set up, this is our scenario. We go to Moulin Rouge. They have a cool number. Like, like it's bonkers. It's crazy. It's wild times. Are you um, going to have the whole movie? <laughs> no, I'm saying where I'm going with it is, and then they he is in the room with her and they have this kind of mix up. And then from there, it's set, and it's he is attract. He has feelings for her. She has feelings for him. They want to get this play made. The Duke is a skis who just wants to own uh, Satine, Satine like a possession, mm-hmm. you know, which is totally reasonable. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Doubling down on something I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, He's but- not kidding. So that is established, that is all established uh, within like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we have another hour and like 40 minutes for that setup to stretch out without any real twists along the way. And it's also yeah. established that she has the consumption yeah. in that 30 minutes too. So really quickly, it's all bam, bam, bam. And then I just felt the whole thing of everything like them putting on the play and her ducking the Duke's advances. Mm -hmm. It just felt very, I felt like you could cut 20 minutes easy, 20, 30 minutes out of that possibly. And it it would have been really tight, really fast paced, really and more in in my opinion. There's a lot of really good stuff. I feel like it, it could have been tightened and been a more enjoyable. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, yeah, there's a few song numbers that really were just super entertaining, and they were in the middle of that really long stretch. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're totally. I, I totally agree with the with the tightening could have occurred. Sentiment. Like I'm trying to think of some very specific examples I can give to back up what I'm saying because I don't want to just say that and not do. You know, um, but you can't. To- I'm just <laughs> yeah, she's like, but you can't because it was a perfect movie. So you're wrong. So go sit in the corner. I wouldn't say it was a perfect movie, but um, I mean, like I said, it's following the formula for a romantic film. So, like you said, everything is like set up in the beginning, and then what you see in the middle is them falling in love, and the that's usually like when you go into Act Two of a film. That's usually like the fun and games section. So if you're not having fun with the idea of them falling in love, then you don't like the movie, but like, that's what the movie's 
that's the fun in games like moment of the movie is like this romance between them. And if you're not like falling in love with them too, then I can understand that it's not the movie for you. But, but that's pretty much like a formula for romantic movies. And then we hit the climax where it's like, okay, but they have to break it off. Yeah, yeah I but- think the the. the I guess the question I want to – because I want to give a concrete example of, of Patrick's thing, which is like to encompass all of the falling in love and all of the major plot points like the coughing, the tuberculosis, you know, and the Duke trying to buy her off. Like if we had the whole movie from the beginning all the way to the end of the first elephant scene at, at the end of uh, – uh, uh, fuck, what's the name of the song? Spectacular, 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 spectacular. Yeah. So if we ha- if we had that, and then like the the Duke of Cuckoldshire scene, uh, and then and then the last scene only, would the plot they would have of the movie met. have been any different? They did just yeah, meet. but he well, sang that but, song and he made her fall in love with so, him in the first night, but, and like they went through the yeah. whole arc of like I don't that love was how you, I re- and then now I love you yeah. all in one song. Yeah, I also I think. Okay, so what they're missing from that whole middle section is character development. The characters don't change. So another classic example of like falling in love would be Beauty and the Beast. So their mm-hmm. second act, what happens is both characters change. So mm-hmm. Belle becomes more confident. She's, you know, more understanding. The Beast becomes a nice person. Um, so we're watching them change as they fall in love, mm-hmm. but they didn't change. These characters stayed the same. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would argue that the main character dude, Christian, got way worse. <laughs> he, I mean, at he became the end, kind yeah. of a monster by the he end did, of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> let me pay yeah. for you like the whore you really are. Doesn't this make you realize how much you love me? What a fucking yeah. incel! I feel like that was like for me. The, the worst part where I was like, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't sit well, definitely yeah. doesn't age well. Um, that, yeah. But I think Christian changed throughout the film, personally. Yeah, it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I didn't like, I didn't, so... I like. I don't want to. I don't want to just like dump all over it. But yeah, that ending was rough. In but as I'm far as to. no, but like the ending in particular, I didn't see it coming. Him being so like creepy. I thought he said he was saying he's stuck in there because he wanted to just see her one last time or something mm-hmm. like that. And I thought he was being romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, then it was. I want. I want to do this very frivolous and needlessly cruel thing to you. And yeah. Just, like, Thing, I, saying I, he went like full on like hashtag nice guy honor. Yeah, oh, I yeah. was the only guy that was ever nice to you, and why didn't you just drop trow and fuck me yeah. all the time, like, lady? Yeah. I have paid you a compliment. <laughs> yeah, versus fedora. Yeah, and his neck beard. Yeah, that was definitely like I feel like that was borderline, if not over, pretty much over. Yeah, uh, well, like I don't. It's like, okay, even if I did still love you, now this is over, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, and let me, let me, some positive things. Again, I, I talked briefly about the, the visual. There's so many gorgeous visuals. I love those night shots of 
Paris and the mm-hmm, village mm-hmm. that it's kind of obvious it's like miniatures, but I don't know, it just looks so but cool. It, it adds to the charm of it. It's definitely oh, there's a lot a of style. Char- there's a lot of visually, purely yeah. visually, it's an incredibly charming thing mm-hmm. movie to look at. If you just it hit, feels well, like the a collage to me. Yeah, like the whole fi- the whole film and, has a collage vibe to it that I really like. And when it got silly, I was down with that because I liked that when the gun's like bouncing around and then it bounces oh, off yeah. the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Like stuff like that, I'm I'm down for, and I liked it. And then like goofy shenanigans with the little acting troupe uh, mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, and I hear you're saying Ashes. You could. It's like it's not that I don't not like love stories. I don't know something about the middle section of it or like the middle. Mm-hmm. Like second half of second act, first half of third act, just didn't wasn't the plot part wasn't interesting to me because I felt like it was very rinse and repeat of we're having these cute moments together. Yeah, it it was a ducking. vehicle for the music, basically. Yeah, and that's okay, but I feel like that those things you just got to be very and. Boy, did they fit as much music as possible. There was a lot. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. Like medley after medley. It's so Uh, good. Like the the show must go on by Queen. And like every song is just like perfect, you know, for the moment. I I think honestly, I think if you went back and you cut out the musicals, I feel like you'd probably feel differently. I think the music's makes that section feel much longer. You know what I mean? Because there was at mm-hmm. least like two musical numbers in there. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably what makes it feel long to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just such, that's just Baz Luhrmann's style. <laughs> to throw <laughs> as many songs but, and musical numbers as possible. Yeah, to compare it to one of his other films, like The Great Gatsby, I feel was a little more balanced. Granted, it was a, a pre-existing story, um, mm. but I feel like he balanced the musical and the plot better in that movie. Hmm. That's interesting, because I don't think The Great Gatsby has a lot of plot. It Well, it like super Moulin doesn't. Rouge, yeah, <laughs> I feel like Moulin Rouge has way more plot than The Great Gatsby. I think yeah. I think the that the point Sam's trying to make is that the the music the balance, doesn't move yeah. the plot. It the, it the music happens in this, and mm-hmm. with few exceptions, most of it is just a scene with music, and like it doesn't like a big plot thing doesn't happen during that time. And like there were yeah, there were I a mean, few exceptions. I think you're right. The music is like reflecting the plot that just happened, right? Like you know, like we have this scene. Where he tells her, like, you need to break it off with Christian. And then we have the song, The Show Must Go On. Uh, I, I think most of the songs are like that. It's reflecting what happened instead of, like you're saying, the plot point isn't happening in the song. No. Yeah. And like the, we had uh, Like a Virgin, which, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. while entertaining, did nothing. Really? Uh, I he's think just like, that was I'm my raper. Like, that's the, that's the point of this song. It's rape time. But they also had another song where that happened and moved the plot forward. And like, it was, mm. why did Roxanne, it need two yeah. songs for that plot point? Mm-hmm. That was us thinking about it. And while watching, you know, veteran 
classical actor Jim Broadbent prance around with like a white tablecloth around him, like the Virgin Mary's singing Madonna, is interesting in its own right. That was one that felt like you could take that out of there and nothing would really have. Well, I I actually think there's a major plot point happening in that song. In that oh, okay. song, he's convincing the Duke. He's lying to the Duke and he's convincing the Duke that Satine actually does love him, even though she didn't show up. And mm-hmm. in that song, the Duke has a character arc. So yeah, he like starts out the too. song. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I'm oh. just voicing that I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, he starts out like really suspicious and like what's going on why isn't she here and and then like totally not into it and then halfway through the song which is like just the best he like flips and he's so into it that he's trying to go after him instead of Sadine you know like yeah I I think that's a pretty strong plot point there I I think it's that song did move the plot forward because it revealed something about the Duke's character. And Mm -hmm. it's something that Brett mentioned when we were watching it. He was like, so up until a certain point, the Duke is honestly a good guy. Like he's a creepy guy, kind of creepy, but for the most part, until he starts revealing his true colors in the Madonna song, a good guy. Like he met this girl the first night she said she wanted to sleep with him. And he's like, Oh, Okay, he I'm paid into this. for a date, which is like a thing. Yeah, but he then, paid for sex before he even met her. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think true. he. Yeah, I, I think but he. But also, yeah, like it was a he brothel, he was buying and like work. let's not shame the sex workers. Like it was her job. And anyway, uh-huh. he he heard from her that she was into him and wanted to sleep with him. That aside, and then in the Madonna song, he. They did something really clever where they started making him act like a vampire. Yeah. 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 Very Vincent Pricey with yeah. his mustache. And- yeah. It was super funny, but like very cleverly like revealed that he's just going to take what he wants. Like mm-hmm. before, at least he was kind of honorable and going along with the rules. And then in the yeah. song, they reveal like, nope, he's just going to do it whether he has permission or not. To your point, like during the whole montage of Christian and her falling in love like he is really trying he's like look I'm taking you out on a picnic and like you know yeah yeah and I I think like if if you just expand the scope just a few seconds outside of that scene like he 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 does have a whole arc in that like a virgin scene Mm -hmm. but immediately before it like he was I thought this girl was into me and like, I'm going to be disappointed if she doesn't show up to dinner. And at the end of it, you know, that like they had to convince him that she was still into him, but he ended the scene where he started the scene or where he ended the scene where he ended the scene previously, uh, which was thinking she was into him. Uh, And we revealed he was a real creepy dude, but then like, you know, again, would we not have revealed he was a creepy dude when he invited her to dinner and then raped her? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was. There's two scenes with the same plot outcome. Gotcha. It's redundant. Yeah, I guess so. But I feel like you need to build on that moment because I think that moment could have felt out of left field if you hadn't had laid ground for it beforehand. Yeah. 
True. Personally, I think that it could have been a bit more shocking. It would have been a quite a way. turn if it, yeah. <laughs> if we hadn't had that sequence. But to Patrick's point, that's what he felt was missing, was like a big reversal in the middle of the movie. I think he was just saying that they could have cut stuff out. I don't want to. I don't want to harp on it too hard. It's, it sounds like I'm coming down harder than I mean to. Um, it just felt like where we were with our cast of characters at about 25 minutes, 30 minutes mm-hmm. in, was where we stayed until yeah. the climax. Yeah, I and there was like an hour chain, an hour 15 minutes of status quo with. Mm-hmm. Maybe the babiest of baby steps forward with lots of look at the you know musical numbers yeah. and that was all and nothing. Um, it just felt like the beginning was really fast and the ending was really fast of things happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like bam, 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 and in the middle was just kind of like I don't know that I just felt like it didn't have the best. Like I said, I don't want to be overly critical, and that's not fair. That's not a fair representation of what I thought of the movie, but I felt like it wasn't an even flow throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm you felt wondering. like there were no, like, I think to your point, the, all of the obstacles dropped out. Right. Like, and that's normally yeah. what you would see is you would see some more obstacles. Well, and, and you say they're falling in love. Mm-hmm. I took that one song as they were like, he convinced her she loved him, which yeah. was, also had its own I thought it was weird that, <laughs> that's the whole thing again there's that whole thing of like yep. no she's like turning him away he's like no I swear I, I, trust me we're in love like trust yeah, me yeah, that that's a whole that's a whole thing that happens with a million movies that's a problem Sam yeah. said yeah. like during that scene she's like how many times has she said no yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely I mean and that's not and that's not unique that's not like that. that is like a, a storytelling that yeah. is a movie book film problem that's been around forever so yeah i think this is what i was talking about in the first part is the the pre pre pre-woke uh Mm -hmm. because they they build the whole thing like christian's the good guy in this story and i you know my uh alternate headcanon for this is they added in a scene where the Duke flips and becomes a rapist and then, like, unnecessarily, like, rapes this girl. Because without it, the, the movie would have played out mostly the same, uh, except at the end, Christian would have seemed like the fucking worst dude in the movie. I mean, I don't think they added it in. I think the whole movie was building to that moment. Yeah, but, like, the it. only thing that that could have been worse than Christian at the end of the movie was a rapist. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah, he was, I mean, he was pretty unforgivably horrible to her for sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't excuse him one bit that those two scenes to me were like the two super prod- problematic scenes. And then the fact that the one African-American character is named Chocolat is also not great. <laughs> oh boy, I not missed that great. too. I did not uh, hear his name. That yeah, is that is Chocolat. so 2001, but uh-huh. terrible. <laughs> that, so, that made me cringe. I was like, oh, there's the racist moment. We were did did Christian ever learn Satine's non-stripper name? <laughs> I don't think so. No? 
And I mean, neither did we as the audience. But I thought his love yeah. will live forever. Yep. You know what I do love, though, about it is time and time again, this film tells you how it's going to end, but secretly. So multiple times they say, I'll love you until my dying day. And like multiple times, death is like brought up in this film and sung in different songs and said by different characters that like to me that's that's always been like the really like dramatic irony of like that she when she does say she loves him she says I'll love you till my dying day and she really does. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. things but that I really also, love about the film. Doesn't he just explicitly say she's dead in the opening like sentences of the movie when he's all depressed and he starts to go to his typewriter? I don't think he that was so long said ago. that she died. No. Oh, I swear yeah. to God, I thought. He like said she's he like in the first like two or three sentences of the movie he says she's dead. I don't he's think all like, so. He says that it's better to have loved than lost. So yeah, maybe you just put that. I, I, I really want to know for sure on this one because that <laughs> I fucking I missed the shit out of that if that's well, what happened. If I projected that, that's pretty wild because I just expected because the whole movie I was like she's gonna die at the end of it because they said it or they said it mm. in my head. So I'm either on some ESP bullshit. <laughs> That's, well, you're <laughs> or, a writer, Patrick. You just picked yeah. up. Um, I mean, and that was before, obviously, when she coughed up blood. That's, you know, you know oh, use a goner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cough up blood in the movie. You did. If you- Can we talk about how, like, the guy, I don't know his name, but the guy, we'll, we'll call him her pimp, for lack of a better word. Uh, Niddler. He's kind of an asshole through the whole thing, huh? Like, he just lets horrible shit happen to her and then doesn't tell her that she's. You mean the guy's whole business is built around exploiting women? Women, yeah. Yeah. Is an asshole? Who would have (laughs) thought? Who would have thought? But I guess he gets his redeeming moment when he punches the dude. I was like, Mm -hmm. like, at least you did that. That helped. Yeah. I found their their special song was just very distracting for me because whenever because they sing "Come One May," I think when I hear the phrase "Come One May," I keep thinking of a, this a Coheed and Cambria song. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different oh. in tone, but I can't hear the phrase like "Come What May" without because I spent many nights drunkenly screaming that at like three in the morning. That song, That's Coheed and Cambria, Bl- "Blood Red Summer." Uh, will you Check sing it, it for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry, I'm being quiet. I'm rewatching the beginning of the movie with the closed captions. Fred's <laughs> got to know. I'm I mean, pretty sure he doesn't. Only time will tell. Definitely not in the first three lines. All right. Well. While Brett's doing that, there's a lot to really like about it. And like I said, it, um, the music is done. I really liked the music, what they did with it all. And I thought they did it. It didn't feel, it could have been really easy for something to feel really hokey mm-hmm. and eye rolling. And uh, I was actually surprised at how well the music held up watching mm-hmm. it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it could have easily fallen into a too topical for its own good mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the songs it chose. But it did a good job of choosing songs that have our you know span decades because yeah. it yeah. could have easily picked maybe two poppy hits 
like, like room they start, five. <laughs> Nelly's hot in here or something like oh, that. Yeah. Like they're probably like on one hand, it does have the horrible gitchy gitchy yeah 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 song, yeah which does date it but that's <laughs> but, it. Very, they, but they rip that band-aid off real fast yeah yeah it's, right I mean, it's really just the that like that the, the, it's just kind of those harmonies they don't really go into it into it to be fair like mm-hmm. so it's like it's like you both were right brett and ash like it's in it but it's not the full song really it's kind of yeah. just the harmonies and they don't it's, it's not like it's not like talk. nobody yeah, it's not like they have her like little Kim rapping her verse in the movie or something like that. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. awful. Um, that would date the fuck out of it. <laughs> but no, it's like visually beautiful. Um, yeah, I was Nicole Kidman's singing voice off the chain. That was great. Right. So she learned to sing for. She had never really sung before She'd this role. Like that's really bonkers. Before. Yeah, she and this she was lessons. really good. Yeah. And all of, I believe all of the actors in the film um are singing. So that is Ewan McGregor. Are you sure? It sounds John. very not him. Yeah, I mean Ewan I mean, can sing. Him. He's sung before and other stuff. Um and like I believe that was like a requirement to be in this film. It's like you had to be able to sing. And if you you couldn't, they gave you singing lessons, which is what they did for Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. which was cool. pretty amazing. But some of Yeah, the, apparently like, did, yeah. Some of the transitions in this film too are so just like just beautiful. Like there's like this shot where Christian Christian is like standing down an alleyway and you see Moulin Rouge down the alleyway and then the camera zooms down the alleyway and into the doors of the Moulin Rouge and then into the other doors into the theater and then down the um the theater hallway with the seats and like the show starts and there's just some like amazing transitions that I don't think I've really ever seen before or since mm-hmm. that uh I think are pretty amazing in this film. Well the movie looks like it is itself as a play. Yeah, like I the, like that. the transitions between this. So I like that. Like I said, yeah, there's a lot I liked a lot. Uh, that was a terrible sentence. <laughs> I liked <laughs> a lot. Um, I promise. But, I uh, liked it. Ho- hold on, I want to read uh, what happens if you type "did you in" into Google <laughs> and what comes oh, up. No. Why did you and McGregor sing in Moulin Rouge? Did you and McGregor sing in? Um, <laughs> what's the other thing he's singing? Uh, singing Beauty and the Beast. Because he's he's Lumiere oh, in the light in the right. oh, Did you and McGregor die? And then hold on, this is the one. Did you and McGregor make lightsaber noises? <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be amazing. That's really good. Uh, so verdict. Uh, yeah, they totally did open up with she dead. Really? What yeah. does he say? Uh, he's just like. Uh, there's the Moulin Rouge, and then there's that one girl who was the best girl, and I fell in love with her, but she died. And then that's how it started. Okay. Oh. Uh, which I also totally missed. I guess I was That doesn't like, mean I'm not crazy. It just means I'm not quite as crazy. So this is what I was saying at the beginning, man. Something about this movie, like, I, I have a hard time paying attention to. Not that it was a bad movie, but like well, I miss how I miss like half of the stuff right. you guys are talking about. It. It's you said in the beginning that it's visually dense, mm-hmm. and I do feel like that's a good description. And it's possible that it's so visually dense that you're like, 
oh, your yeah. uh, your brain is trying to process all these like visuals. So you, know? you guys had said the narcoleptic guy, and I was like, I do not remember him always being asleep. So like, there's just so much going his, on. His on screen that into I the did. film was him asleep. <laughs> I just thought he cool. fell through the ceiling and was knocked out. I didn't realize. No, yeah. Tulu's explains like, oh yeah, he, you know, he's narcoleptic and so he falls asleep. Yeah, but their yeah. their dialogue is so quick and snappy, mm-hmm. so it's easy to miss a lot of details. Yeah, especially when you're totally. trying to pay attention to what's happening on screen. So, do we want to do final thoughts? Yeah, or any other any other major discussion points? Um, I mean, we could have the one. At- the one elephant in the room conversation. <laughs> the, the, elephant. <laughs> the room in the elephant, minutes. you mean? The actual elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Which, high five. Yeah. High five. <laughs> <laughs> which is the the main plot point of woman is object, which Pat opened up with. Like, yeah. I mean, it was. But like that's. Like, this film is telling the story of a prostitute. You know what I mean? Like, like that is the struggle courtesan. That, that this courtesan would have to go through. So it's it's not Yeah, like, but they don't tell it from her perspective. They tell it from the dude's perspective. And they don't give her any depth outside of that, really. I feel like she had depth outside of that. Or I guess like not she, a lot of agency. Like... Sure. She just... Yeah. I mean... Because they can frame it like she chose one way or the other, but like, I guess she did make the final choice at the very, very end. I mean, she made the choice even before the very, very end. The only reason why she chose to continue and go back with the Duke is because she was trying to save Christian's life. Okay, so that also is something not special to this movie, but I can't stand where there's literally no reason why she couldn't just tell him. Yeah. His bodyguard's going to fucking kill you, bro. There is a reason. So we got to figure something out to lay low. She knew that if she told him that, that he would refuse to leave. Like the only way she could get him to leave is if she she actually convinced him that but she, she didn't, didn't love do that. him anymore. Yeah, yeah she, she didn't. Well, so that's the question too is, because that was a bad plan then on hers. I mean, this is nothing about the movie itself, but that was a bad <laughs> plan of say teens because it, it failed miserably. Because if he did believe her, he's, he obviously did believe her that she said she didn't love him. Because he came back and did like the shittiest thing, uh, <laughs> like ever. Like, well, he with, only did that because Toulouse convinced him that she did still love him. Otherwise, he yeah wasn't going to. You know, he was like mourning. So, their if he was still convinced she loved him, and that's why he went to the play. At what point did it switch? And he decides I'm going to do the most toxic dude thing ever and like yeah yeah i don't know that's a good question because it's not like he saw her canoodling with the duke because she was doing the show Mm -hmm. so yeah i I think i think when he so if his purpose was going back was because he was still loved her and she thought she still loved him at what point does it flip and what motivates the flip this is this is the thing it's it's fucking impossible to even put your mind there now but like that was romance in like the pre-woke cinema era like mm-hmm. 10 20 years a lot of shit has changed like that whole thing was just like ah oh, poor dude you know ah oh, he's heartbroken yeah. and like it's fucking gross 
Yeah. Like yeah. John Cusack blasting the song that played the first time they fucked on her on the front lawn yeah. of the girl's house where her parents live. Yeah. It reminds me of the scene in uh, Blade Runner that Sam, you called out where you were like, it really feels like she's not into him and he's forcing himself on her. I don't oh, know yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, that's, I feel like that's very, I love yeah. that movie, but that scene is, there's no defending that scene. He literally yeah. tells her, like, say yeah. He says, say yes. Like, he orders her to say yes or something. Which yeah. Like, yeah. And just like Brett's saying, like, I feel like there was this weird time frame where it was I don't know if it was sexy or just expected that women would say no and so men needed to push or whatever yeah. and it's like well yeah just it is gross but that seems to be the weird thought process it's, back in the day I feel like it's the one of the main like good things that's come out of social media honestly is because before women had a online network to anonymously express like fucking disgust at men like mm-hmm. how do you know that the way that you feel that that's gross is normal when it's mm-hmm. presented as like the thing you should be accepting. Yeah. You know? And that's it- a really great that's really great, Brett, because like honestly, I can tell you that I think most and like women who have suffered uh sexual abuse often mm-hmm. feel like it's their fault mm-hmm. and that they did something wrong. And it's because it wasn't talked about. And it wasn't shared like, no, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Like, this is wrong. And you you totally hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy nowadays to just like, I don't know, to to, to throw out. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I see them all the time now on, on Twitter and Facebook where it's just like, you know, pass this story around. Like, don't become a, a victim of abuse. Like, if this is happening to you, speak out. It's not normal. And. Mm-hmm. Like, where in the world would you have seen that kind of warning or support f- from the world uh, before yeah. before yeah. we had well, the internet? You only heard it in the form of what we would now call brave women, but angry feminists at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that people made fun of as, oh, they won't let a man hold the door for them. And, you know, mm-hmm. oh, they're just angry and they have double standards and... Yeah, it's villainizing like, women eh. taking a stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that whole song that Brett's talking about, too, like, at the time, I'm sure it seemed really romantic. Like, you know, in 2001, you watch it and you think, oh, you know, she thinks she can't fall in love with anybody because of her job. And she doesn't realize that she really does love him. And in our new lenses of today, it's like. She said no like four times and he's yeah. still pushing himself on her. This is creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel so, like I guarantee you like nobody was having that thought in 2000. No. Or, no. Very, or few very few people. people. Yeah. yeah. I know you guys don't watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but there was a hilarious – they like did commentary on that where they did this like commercial that was like supposed to be back in the day – you know, like in the 80s and it's like totally sexist. And in the middle of shooting the commercial, the guy's like, hey, man, I don't think this is going to hold up. 
uh, and the director's like, yeah, the naked should be, wo- or the women should be naked. And he's like, no, I mean, like, I don't think this is going to hold up down the line, like in history. Like, that's why I wanted a woman director. And the guy's like, Psh, woman director. And he just laughs and turns around. Oh, wow. And it's like so great because it's like, yes, oh. exactly. Like these, these just horrible things that if only you had consulted a woman and maybe asked her what she thought. You could have avoided this. Yeah, that's anyway. good. I'm on team. I'm on uh, the as far as the real stand-up people of the. I'm on team Argentinian and sh- mm. God help me his name, Chocolat. <laughs> Those are the stand-up <laughs> <Yes>. dudes. <laughs> Those are like the the true gentlemen of the yeah. movie. Ooh, what a true. great plot twist that would have been if Satine ran off with the Chocolat guy. Oh, right? great. She's like, you saved me from being raped. You obviously care about me as a person and don't think of me as an object. Let's get While Christian and, was moping. And he caught her when she fell. That's right. He's always there yeah. protecting mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. even though this poor guy has like maybe one line in the whole movie. Did he even speak? I don't remember. Uh, it's hard to but. tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's our true hero. Yeah. I Final hope thoughts. you guys still had fun. <laughs> no, yeah. Let me say, I think it's a movie that if you really like it, it's okay to enjoy. It's not like Boondock Saints. Yeah. 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 So we've seen a few <laughs> movies where if you liked it, you've got a problem. This is not one. Yeah, like I don't think it's that. No, but it, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> it's... I think if you enjoy like the theater and you enjoy like performance, yeah. this movie is super fun for mm-hmm. that. It definitely has problems. I'm not going to yeah. say that it doesn't. Well, like I said a minute ago, Blade Runner is one of my personal favorite movies. It has a unforgivably, that, that scene is unforgivable. And that, that yeah. To be there, fair, so, it's only but, unforgivable if you think robots have feelings. <laughs> Nick. I'm, I, am of, oh I, am, I am of the mindset that uh, <laughs> a true sentient artificial intelligence is, has a consciousness. I agree. I'm on your given, team. Yeah. <laughs> Agency and autonomy and given human rights. I'm just th- thankful that there's another person on the podcast that loves Bra- Blade Runner as much as I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Team Blade Runner. I think I yeah. need to give it another chance. Well, I can't f- believe you guys didn't like it. It's so good. <sighs> have you, Sam, have you seen the newer one? No, not yet. I do. Oh. Want to see the newer one is. So in my good. opinion, an almost perfect movie. Wow. Okay. That's I like it so much. The endorsement. My only complaint I love it. is that it's very long. It did it enjoy long. a really long run in the theater, though. Like, people must have kept going out to see it. Yeah, because yeah. the runtime was so long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's one of those ones where we're in this like culture where you can't, you almost can't elevate sequels above originals, especially sequels mm-hmm. that are long after. Mm-hmm. But I don't um, know. I think that's changing. Maybe, yeah. I, I guess I don't know if it's like short time sequels or if there's been like a long period of time. But I, I believe no. you might be re- directly referencing the new Star Wars and how fucking weird everyone is about them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I love them, but that's a whole other thing. I spent yeah, I, I spent an hour on our friends. Certain people did. Do you guys know that? Sorry, oh, were you on a uh, certain POV? point of view? Yeah, I went. I was on certain POV the Monday after the episode nine trailer came out. Oh, and we spent an hour talking about the trailer. <laughs> Just the trailer. I was so excited. Yeah. 
I like that trailer is oh my gosh. I I thought oh, it was like geek out too. so hard. Go back and look for that episode. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go listen to it. Awesome. Sorry, that was, you were like mid mid thought there. I feel like. Oh, uh, no. I, I was just saying the Blade Runner is great. I'm saying this is a movie that if you like it, it it's fine. Like it, and there's a lot of really cool things about it, and a lot of you know, um, like the music. The visuals, the singing, you know, acting is good, singing good. And it's just, I think, I honestly think good. the issues are just singing of the time. Good. Yeah, it's a well, I'm saying, I, checklist. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> and the Plot issues bad. it does have are just kind of maybe just products of the time. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yes. Seconding what Patrick said uh, and, and prefacing with... Uh, we there are we've discussed over the four years of this podcast several things uh cinematically that you and I disagree on uh ash uh and this movie was all of them <laughs> for me <laughs> i I didn't think that you would like this film um yeah i I'll start with the positive loved the costuming uh mm-hmm. just everybody's fucking costumes was on point. Um, uh, some of the characterizations were hilarious. Um, fuck, I, I'm so bad with remembering any of their names, but the the asshole uh, ringmaster dude. Uh, oh yeah, like Nidley or Nidler. Yeah, Nid- Nidler. Nidler. Jim Broadbent's the actor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he Who I said looks really like good. the meme guy, the like reaction, like <gasps> face guy. Totally, and but it was anyway. just like. Watching him and I, like at first I was just like the fuck is going on here and then like as the movie went on I was just like okay like he's he's really like the bizarre glue holding this together, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah you know the I'm not gonna knock you for for if you liked the the, uh, the speed changes bother me I just don't like them they happen mm-hmm. every time I see them I'm like I didn't like that uh, and this movie well, had a lot slow- of Ramps the slow mo was not great either. It was like clearly before they had good slow mo technology. Yeah, either either end of that, I was I was not digging the the choppy slow mo or the very fast running around. Uh, mm. But I mean, I had fun. I laughed out loud throughout at at the at the comedy. Um, I was. Uh, oh, oh! I didn't get to talk about. Uh, okay, this is less not really about the movie so much. Well, it is. It happened in the movie. Uh, a trope that happens in movies that makes me deeply uncomfortable, uh, which is people standing face to face singing loudly. <laughs> 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 I just like it creeps me out. Like if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, "Oh my god, stop!" Like I really want to do that to you. Is not romantic. <laughs> <laughs> one one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna come in to say good morning and I'm just gonna belt it out and <laughs> you got to so you gotta wait you gotta give it a little time okay so I'll, it's marinates give, and he forgets this conversation happened okay I'm not a good and singer then, either this will go really well yeah um but all negative things aside I actually really loved the wackiness of this movie I loved the uh, Sam called it an acid trip feel. Uh, and I totally get it. It was just like, like at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Nidler or whatever, like he, he finished singing and then started flying around. Do you remember this? He flew oh. in the air. And like, for which song? 
I think it was like it, at the at the beginning of uh or at the end of the Smells Like Teen Spirit opening oh, sequence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. obviously played as a fantasy moment, but like without contextualizing it as a fantasy moment and it was just like it happened like anything else in the movie happened. It's just like what the fuck is going on? But it was very entertaining. Uh Yeah. I love all the green fairy stuff. That's Kylie Minogue, by the way. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Green fairy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really liked some of the songs. Um, I did not like Teen Spirit. Uh, I feel like that would just made me upset. Because uh, they were like singing it and they're like, nah, 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 entertain us. And I was like, oh, they picked that because it says entertain us in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of the opposite of what Nirvana was going for. Yes. Super. Okay. <laughs> the irony runs deep within this. <laughs> um, but like that, the dance number, the the, the flamenco or whatever. Uh, mm, tango. Uh, tango. Roxanne. Roxanne uh, was killer. Uh, it, but... I will say I was probably more into it before they got into Roxanne. Like, it felt like, you know what it was? Is they played a popular song, and then my brain was like, oh, that's a popular song. I know that. And then I was instantly thinking about a popular song instead of the plot or the acting. That is my problem sometimes with Westworld. Because with Westworld, you're just getting a piano version and sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint the song and you're like, I know this song. What song is this? <laughs> and then know. you stop paying attention because you're just trying to figure <laughs> out what the fucking song is. Totally. We used to eat at um that remember that hot dog place around the corner from our house? Uh-huh. Uh they always played a uh like bossa nova pop hits yeah and oh that's great and and like i didn't realize it for the first several times we went in there i'm like i feel like i know all these fucking songs and then i was like oh my god it's just a bossa nova pop hits radio station this is amazing um (laughs) but uh for this movie i feel like almost every single time i've figured out what the song was that was the moment that that might have been the problem is i could not pay attention after that because i was like oh yeah this is not a movie this is a pop song you know, I kind of wish like yeah. it was all originals because the one original, I don't know. I don't, I think they had two original songs in there, but their one original song, the come what may like mm. was good and pulled me into the movie. Uh, mm. And the rest mm. of them pulled me out. I give it like a B minus. It was enjoyable, uh, but like could have been improved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm wondering if there's like a little bit of a nostalgia factor here because this was my first viewing and I had a rough time. Like like the weird speed up and slow down kind of made it hard for me to get into and hard for me to take the movie seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the songs were fun, but I really, I think I'm just, it's just a little too weird for me. Like, I really liked the tango scene, but that was also the most realistic scene and the most, like, Mm -hmm. classical ballroom dancing. And I think that's why I liked it the most. And I think it's just a stylistic thing. Like, for me, I prefer something a little more grounded. And if it had been a musical with more traditional dancing and, like, less poppy, I don't know. I don't know. You said you said something at the beginning of the movie, which is like this is a movie is this is this movie is what happens when you don't tell the drama kids to calm down. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it, it it was straight up the drama kids like 
what they found interesting. And that has always Maybe kind of, that's why I like it. I was going to say it's drama. Always, yeah, it's always <laughs> made me uncomfortable. I was never a drama kid, but that like mm-hmm. in your face weirdness, like mm-hmm. it, I don't dig it. You're too normcore. I am. I'm too normcore and fucking proud you are of it. Normcore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I just, is funny because you actually used to not be normcore. Oh, I was little, fucking. That's my territory, Sam. Kid. You back off. <laughs> I'm normcore. I'm suburban dad wearing khaki shorts with a he golf He really polo. is. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I will normcore the f out of any of you. I, I'm normcore as far as cinema. Does that mm. does that add a good qualifier, Patrick? Mm. Yeah. 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 I just I thought it was too wacky. I didn't like the like kind of sexist woman is an object plot, and there wasn't enough to make up for that for me. So. I give this a pass. I'm sorry, Ash. But I get why you like it. I still loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously it has all those problems. But um, I think, you know, it could be a bit of nostalgia for me. But I also really love the weird. And I really love the sort of cartooniness to the speed ramps that Mm -hmm. I think brings comedy to this film. Uh, which like, you know, at the end of the day, it is a tragedy. So it's, it's nice to have like the comedy zany cartoony moments before we get to the super sad moments. But, um, cause there's like some serious, you know, like you said, Brett, there's like rape and there's like death and potential murder. Like yeah, there's, there's some, some dark shit, shit in, this. in this film. And all and that so, happens to the same character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and, uh. So I really like, I like this. I don't normally, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't normally like speed ramps. I, I normally find them very cheesy and awful, but something about them in this film works for me because it's just such like a zany over the top world. Um, and yeah, I really like it. I like the weirdness of it. I, I, I'm curious if you guys would like Romeo and Juliet. Because, mm-hmm. I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, but I feel like that plays a little more in a grounded world, but it's still zany and weird. Yeah, I mean, it, I really like that movie. A lot. Like, so if that I've seen the like Tybalt with the guns or whatever. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I'd be into it. It's, it's very good. It. It's a. I would say. I would say this movie is Romeo and Juliet on crack and mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet is like a bit more tame. It's more like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're just like smoking some weed in that movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but uh, I can understand how this movie is not everybody's cup of tea. All the people I know who loved this film were thespians. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that if you've experienced that world and you've been in theater, uh, it's it's all the things that theater people love about theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Definitely overly dramatic. <laughs> I think maybe that put, puts a... That's the uh, hammer meat nail of, of the difference of opinion, I think, is mm-hmm. the, the theaterness of it. Mm-hmm. The theater. Theater. 
Well, uh, that was Moulin Rouge. And uh, yeah, thank you for all of our new listeners. We have had quite the bump in listenership this month. Yeah, we our, want our to biggest, welcome you all. Biggest download yeah. month ever. Woohoo, guys. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Welcome Hopefully to the- I didn't bum you out with Moulin Rouge. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it'll be fun. Welcome to the Let's Rewatch family, and uh, we're very happy to have you here. Please continue to listen and give us some good reviews on iTunes and recruit your friends. Yeah, Brett, yeah. we're not that desperate. Please. Deal every phone you can find and subscribe. <laughs> Magically yes. subscribe them. You know what, though? But, like, seriously, uh, when I tell people, it's amazing how many of my own friends don't even know that I do this podcast. But when I tell them about it, they're always like their eyes light up and they're like, oh, I love that. Have you done this movie? Have you done that movie? Uh, Mm -hmm. So, you know, tell your friends about it. People who love movies love talking about them as Patrick proved as he talked for an hour about a movie trailer. (laughs) Yes. In, in the certain point of view podcast who we've had the members of that podcast as guests recently. So, yeah, definitely check They're out great. their cool stuff, too. I have a fun announcement um, that you all already know about. But, dear listeners, uh, my short film, Zombie Debt, got into another film festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got accepted into the Portland Comedy Film Festival, which is coming up really soon. So uh, it's May 17th through the 19th. Um, yeah, it's not this weekend. Debt. It's next weekend. Yeah, like the week. I think the weekend after. You can Google Portland Comedy Film Festival tickets, and it should come up in the top link with Film Freeway. And just don't forget that we're session seven. And I'm also excited to announce. I didn't tell you guys this yet, but we're nominated for an award for best comedy micro short film. So yeah, nice. congratulations! That's awesome. That's yeah. rad. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Let's Rewatch and we do fun stuff like movie polls or like this time I tweeted a photo of a still frame of the movie we watched and uh, asked you guys to guess which movie it was. And Veronica guessed first Moulin Rouge. Good job. Mitch asked Beauty and the Beast. Good, good try, Mitch. It Beauty and the Beast did have you and McGregor, so we'll give and, you and you for that. It's in Paris, France, and it's, so. yeah, yeah. And Kate Hackett, our old friend Kate Hackett, also guessed Moulin Rouge because, of course, she knows. <laughs> yes. Well, that was Moulin Rouge, guys. Make sure you come back. We do this every two weeks, and next time we're gonna watch Daniel the Wizard. Dude, you're really messing up these movie titles. That is so mundane. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to watch Daniel the Wizard?